All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Mike and Doug podcast. We're here with our boy Allo today. What's up, Allo? Not much. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to be on. I appreciate you guys. For sure. Yeah, we appreciate you coming on, man. So we'll get right into it, guys. Allo, why don't you tell us a little bit about your uh, your background? I know, you, obviously, you had a pretty cool experience in the, you know, uh, Division II football space. Uh, and, you know, you do some pretty cool stuff now. But take us back. Where, where did it all start for you with football? So it all started in football um, in, like, fourth grade, right, when you get, play, like, the grassroots football. Mm-hmm. Um, I played – it's like KDU football, and I played on the organization. It was like the Katie Ravens. Um, and I met some pretty cool guys there. Um, I don't keep in touch with any of them. Um, it's just, like, the way that life works out. Um, so I played there. Um, I was running back. Um, I was one of, like, the best running backs in, like, the league, um, not to toot my own horn. So mm-hmm. that was pretty cool. Um, and then I actually took like a two year break from playing football and I didn't pick it back up until seventh grade when you play in junior high. Um, at that time, um, I was five, I was five foot, ten, six foot, whatever in the fifth grade. Right. That's I, pretty, that's pretty big. Yeah, yeah. That's obviously, that's opposite of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. We had talked um, yeah, earlier. We talked about that. Um, and so I was like a gifted athlete, like my entire life. Um, so I was just like, all right, cool. I'm tall as shit. The average running back height in the NFL is like 5'9", right? Mm-hmm. I'm already that height in the fifth grade. Let me go play basketball because I thought I was going to be like seven foot, right? <laughs> like, like if I'm 5' now, like 6' now, there's no way that I don't reach seven foot by the time I'm 18. It didn't work that way. You know, I'm still the same height that I was in fifth grade. <laughs> but so I started playing basketball competitively on the AAU circuits. I played on a couple Under Armour sponsored teams, Nike sponsored teams, and Adidas sponsored teams um, growing up. And so played football, seventh grade, eighth grade. I was like, I'm not going to play football. I'm just going to focus on basketball. And then I ended up playing football again. Um, Same thing in ninth grade, um, playing football. And I sprained my ankle really bad. Um, One of my friends, he ran a jet sweep. And I was his lead block, and he kind of rolled up into my ankle. He fractured his fibula and fibula. Um, I, grace of God, I only sprained my ankle super bad. Um, and I couldn't walk for, like, a month and a half. And so during that whole time, I was like, bro, why the fuck am I playing football? Like, I could just be playing basketball. If I roll my ankle, I'm out for, like, a week. I can't – I haven't been able to walk for, like, the last month and a half. Yeah. Um, so I, I played basketball, took that seriously. Until, like, my junior year of high school, we had, like, a 6'9 Norwegian kid – um, transferring from Norway, right? And he kind of just took my spot, my starting spot. And I had, up to that point, I had started two, one year on varsity, one year on junior varsity. Um, so I was just like, you know what? The easiest way for me to get a scholarship to, in, in college is if I go play football. So I go back to the football team halfway through the season, right? Um, and they're like, yeah, you're going to play. You're going to start, whoop de whoop I'm like, all right, bet. You know, I'm just stepping into like a starting position, starting a wide receiver. Yeah. It ended up that way. I actually didn't play. I played like 50 snaps um, my junior season, um, but I was able to put like decent film out. And so I went to a bunch of camps leading into my senior year. Um, I went to some Ivy League school camps. Um, I went to Boston College, um, some schools in Texas, and then Colorado School of Mines, where I ended up committing to go to school. Um, and so when I was going to these camps, I was playing defensive back and like uh, kind of like a rover linebacker, like a hybrid safety linebacker position. Um, and then I went to school. I was just like, hey, look, this is what the feedback I'm getting from the coaches. They say if I'm able to put like four games out like at this position they offer me. Um, didn't work out with the coaches at my school. 
And I was just like, fuck playing defense. I'm just going to play offense. And so I lost a lot of interest and in offers that I had that, like accumulated that summer. Yeah. And that was like a big turning point for me. Right. Because I realized like, all right, shit, like I'm actually like a really gifted athlete because um, I have like no varsity experience for real besides these 50 snaps going into my senior season. Um, senior season, it was interesting because we had a cool ass dude, Ryan, shout out to him. But he was more of a athlete that could throw the ball. Right. He wasn't really a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And so all senior season, all I have on film is just me catching a bubble. Like a bubble screen, like literally you say hut. I stand at the line of scrimmage, I catch the ball, and I go get like 15, 20 yards. Wow. Right. I run a jet sweep. And so I get a couple more offers, right? D2 schools. I get a lot of like preferred walk-on opportunities. Um, and I don't so signing day comes around, right? I don't I don't sign on signing day because I'm just like, I don't even know if I want to play football in college. Yeah. Losing even, even more offers. So at this point, I've lost like 15 offers, <laughs> right, in like a year and a half. And I only have two offers left from the Colorado School of Mines and the Army, right? Oh, and so I, I go visit the Army, right? So In West Point in New York? West Point. And so that was interesting, right? Because in high school, uh, just lack of words, I wasn't a disciplined person. Like, you know what I mean? So I yeah. go to go there and there's like even though that you're a recruit you still have to abide by our rules and so i'm walking like the way that they walk where you walk every time you get to turn a corner you kind of have to do like that 90 degree chris fast turn in my head i'm thinking bro i can't do this for four years these motherfuckers wake up at the crack of dawn go do the most army shit in the world that i don't i'm not interested in doing you feel me yeah yeah i end up signing to go play at colorado school of mines in like june right um so I go there, play football. It was cool my freshman year. Uh, I had a lot of dis- I had a lot of discipline problems. Um, what do you think of uh, the college experience? The college experience is interesting, right? Um, because I learned lesson that I learned from college is that the coaches are going to play whoever they trust the most, not who who's the best athlete, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like for me, that was like a big thing. Um, cause they would always tell me like, you could be an all American, you could be this, you could be that, but we don't trust you because you get back. I, I had shitty grades in college, right? I was always scraping by, I'll be ineligible in the spring semester, eligible for the fall. <laughs> right? So there was always like, we can't trust that you're going to be eligible. Right. Because you just became ineligible, right? You eligible in the fall. And so it was out I, I had to deal with that. But you, you couldn't have done that bad as mines is a really good school. Right. And obviously you were, you were taking engineering, right? Yeah, it's a really good school, right? But the thing is, I didn't want to be an engineer. Okay. Right? I figured that lesson out on the first day of classes, right? And so first day of classes, I'm like, holy shit, this is not what I thought it was going to be. And so I was just like, I'm here to play football. And that's what I did. <laughs> um, I stopped going to class after like two weeks until my spring semester freshman year. Uh, I, I probably went to like 30 lectures the next two and a half years. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just like, bro, the school shit fucking sucks. Um, but it's interesting. Yeah. It's not like the typical school when it comes to being a student athlete. You don't get any benefits. Like you're a regular student that has that chose to put more on their, on their plate. Right. Oh wow, that's stupid. That's right. how they. That's what they tell you. That's that's garbage. That's better than told that over here. <laughs> yeah. So that was super interesting because it was like, man, fuck. I thought I was gonna have like a tutor. I was gonna have this. I was gonna get this benefit. Yeah, it's nothing. Like the professors don't even care. Um, and some of the professors are even harder on athletes 
than they are on like the regular students because they know that the athletes are coming in with wanting to have like preferred treatment. Um, wow. Yeah. So they're very, that school is very like academic focused. Like that's pretty much. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty much what you go there, right? You don't really go there to be an athlete. Um, yeah. I had to learn the hard way, but it was like, a, it's a good learning experience. Um, I learned a lot of like lessons that I kind of translate into what I'm doing now, but yeah, I'm sure. Cause I was a uh, funny, oddly enough, I would always, I get first team reps, but I would always be a four. I was always a four string receiver. Right. So they would bring it like they're bringing freshmen, freshmen would be above me. They'd switch people from quarterback to receiver. They'd put them above me, but then they'd go put me with the first team whenever like they needed to. So being on scout team was fun. Right. Because we had one of the better football teams in the, uh, in our, in our conference. So it'd be like, okay, cool. We have the best defense in our conference and I'm fucking them up. Right. So right. I know get one chance in the game, right. I am going absolutely berserk. Yeah. Um, that happens. That happens here. Like I would always hear the coaches cause I worked with football and I'm working with them right now. That would always talk. It was like just the murmurs you would hear. Everyone's like, Oh, scout team on offense was just dominating defense and that's not good not yet and they throw and especially with the quarterbacks like they just throw it like they don't care they just throw the ball to whoever and there's always like crazy plays that just happen facts facts so it was it was interesting to say the least right i had yeah. a really um that's because i didn't really have like the best work that they growing up i just always bank on my athleticism um, and then I picked up really good work ethic skills. And then I made the determination my junior year that this shit's fucking stupid. Um, I have 18 year old kids who weren't better than me getting more in-game reps than me. I had people that were ahead of me on the depth chart that weren't better than me by their own admission, getting more snaps to me. And I was just like this, eventually it was like, bro, there's no ROI associated with it. Um, the coaches damn near said that you're not gonna play this season. And I was just like, yeah, I've done this for two years. I'm off of it. And so I quit. Yeah. Went into a NARP. And then shortly after the next semester, I dropped out of school. <laughs> yeah. Did you, how many games did you end up playing? In college, I didn't play a single game. Really? Um, not a single game, bro. Did you um, have a dress? Yeah, I'd, I'd dress every home game. I wouldn't travel. Um, there was a couple opportunities that I would, <laughs> funny story. The best practice of my week, the best practice of my life in college, right? Best practice. Everything's going good. Um, I'm, I'm, I went scout team player of the week like two weeks in a row. So I'm going to travel. I get in trouble in the cafeteria because I'd always just sneak into the cafeteria because the food was dog shit. So I was like, I'm not paying my, my money to, to eat this bullshit. <laughs> well, I snuck into the cafeteria and I, I got caught. And the guy, he starts telling me off, right? And I'm like, all right, bro, like, take my card. I'll pay for it. It's not that big of a deal. And he just keeps telling me off, telling me off, telling me off. And so I get pissed off at this point because it's like 15 minutes of him just telling me off. I'm just like, well, just take my card, swipe it. It's not that big of a deal. And so I end up telling him, like, shut the fuck up. You feel me? You only have a job because of my tuition dollars. So if you can talk to me that way, I'll make sure that I'll do everything in my power to get you fired. Um, and so he relays that to the head coach. And I end up doing punishment. Like we would have to bear crawl the length of the football field for like a thousand yards. You feel me? Did so, you have to run in the mornings? Punishment? No. So the punishment was just bear crawl, right? And the day that I had to do the bear crawl, it had just snowed, right? And so I'm bear crawling back and forth, up and down the football field, right? And I'm telling them, I'm position coach, like I'm never getting in trouble ever again. Um, <laughs> quitting after that because I was just like, I'm probably gonna get in trouble again. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so. 
you know, things just didn't work out, but it was like a learning experience, you know, because um, my dad, he would always tell me that you, you have to be two times better than everybody in order to play, but you also have to make sure that everyone perceives you in the best, in the best light. And when I got to college, I felt right that I was decent enough to play, but people didn't perceive me in the best life in the best light just because like the first week, like the first week of like school freshman year, I get kicked out of practice, kicked off the team um, for like 30 minutes. Um, Cause after the first game we have like conditioning, right. And I'm coasting, right. Everybody else is coasting, right. It's not just me. It's like 15 people that are supposed to be in the front of the pack that are just coasting, chilling, right. Just making our times. And one of the freshman quarterback, he calls me out. Right. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> um, <laughs> who are you to tell me? Um, like, he just, he singles me out. Right. That's why I took the issue. If he would have singled me and like the whole group out, I, I wouldn't have cared. I've been like, okay, you're right. So he singles me out. Right. And so I get right next to him on the next one and I just book it right down and back. And so on the way back, I start backpedaling in front of him, talking shit, like, shut the fuck up. Don't ever call me out if you can't ever, if you can't compete with me, right? I'm 15 yards ahead of you. Please don't call me out. And he pushes me, right? And so, boom, pushes me. I get up. I'm like, man, fuck, should, should I hit this dude? You feel me? <laughs> fuck it. Like, and I'm just like, nah, I said it. So I just get back to the line, right? And I'm, I, I shut down, right? I'm like, fuck this. Like, you feel me? I'm, I'm going to show him, like, what a real lazy motherfucker looked like. And so the head strength coach, she comes out and he had, he has all the freshmen running. I'm still, I'm still half-assing it, right? Boom, boom, boom. I don't, I don't give a fuck. And he's like, the, the kid who, who's making me do all this punishment, he's still doing the same thing, whoop-de-whoop. And he ends up kicking me out, right? And so I go to his office, right? Because at the time, I call my dad. It's like, you know, I'm coming back home. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Like, but fuck this shit, yeah. like, back home. Um, and he was like, go talk to the coach, whatever, whatever. So I go talk to the coach. And he's like, what happened? And I, so I told him the story. And he was just like, oh, okay, like, that makes sense. And so he's just like, you know, I just wanted to uh, prove a point. But, you know, you work hard in the weight room, X, Y, Z, whatever, whatever. I get back on the team. And I actually have a locker in front of the kid that uh, caused the whole bullshit. And so fast forward, like, two years when I drop out of school, I have, like, an exit meeting. And he was like, yeah. I got like stories from everyone else and they like, you were in the right and um, everyone else wanted you to hit them, but you actually kept your composure. And so that's really all, it's really my fault that I kicked you out and not before I got all the facts. And I was just like, it's two years on the line. <laughs> like, I don't yeah, care. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it is what yeah. it is. So it sounds like football got to give you a lot of like pretty great learning experiences though. Yeah. It gave me a lot of uh, great learning experiences. Um, I realized that inputs matter a lot more than the outputs. Um, that's something that I translate to what I'm doing right now because, you know, being a four-string receiver and knowing that you have the potential to be special is a very humbling experience, right? It's something that it's out of my control, right? I can't control the way that the coaches perceive me, but what I can do is I can control my skill set. I could control how hard I work in the weight room. Um, I could control like my attitude with my teammates, I can, there's a lot of things that I could put in my control, yeah. right. That makes me feel like, okay, cool. This is worth it. But eventually like you hit the point where you realize that it's not worth it anymore. You know? Yeah. I can, I mean, yeah, being around like a point of diminishing returns, right? Yeah. I'm yeah. being around football. I can, I can pinpoint the kids that are putting the extra work yeah. and all those kids are the ones that are getting to play. And it's like, it's like what you do 
on the field and then it's also what you do off the field that is going to determine and i can just tell like who like the kids who stay after practice that's a big one yeah after that one the last whistle blows everyone just leaves and there's always a couple kids that stay back and work on something and i'm like oh wow like they're putting in the extra time yeah i see so i was the only wide receiver that didn't help our new offensive coordinator move into his house um <laughs> So all of them had a great relationship with him. And I had told him, I was like, this is not part of my job. Um, <laughs> yeah. Did they tell you to do that? No, but it was like a good, like bonding experience. Right. Cause yeah, they all oh, wow. bonded with him and had, had drinks. And me, I was just like, I'm cool. I'm not doing this. <laughs> um, like I don't, I don't play. Like <laughs> I'm here. Like I'm only here in, in, in this meeting for like the shits and giggles of it. Right. Yeah. So I was like, cool, I'm not helping you. Um, and then I was just like, oh, well, later back, but I probably should have helped them. Um, but it's like the flip side of that, right? So my grandma had died my junior year of college that summer going yeah. in. And so I was a I was a counselor for kids who were on the brink of get, getting into mines. And so I was like the perfect candidate to come kind of come in and tell them like, hey, like this is a hard ass school. It's not like the regular college experience because look at me, I have shitty grades, but I could go tell you exactly how to not be in my position. And so I'm doing that. And so I get the call that my grandma dies. And so I'm fucked up. And so I go to the coach's office the next morning and I was like, hey, like, I need some time to go back to Africa, you know, bury my grandma, say my last words, whatever, whatever. Um, and they told me that being a college football player is too hard for me to miss time. Right. And so that rubs me the wrong way. And I asked him, I was like, what do you mean by that? I literally I've been a four string receiver my entire career. Right. So you're telling me that it's too hard, but I'm just a scout team player. Right. I don't even get in the game. So what, what's too hard about being on scout team? And he was like, well, you know, it's just difficult. So I ended up missing my grandma's funeral, right? And so like four weeks into like the actual season, right? A week, like two weeks before I actually ended up quitting. Um, one guy, um, starting running back, his sister's getting married, right? And he misses like a week of practice and still gets to play in the game. And that rubbed me like in the worst way possible, right? Cause I was like, in my head, I was like, his sister could go get a fucking divorce in a goddamn year. Right. And I'll never be able to like bury my grandma. And I'm telling I'm telling this like my position coach. I was like, y'all are some hoe ass motherfuckers for this shit. And I, like, like you feel me? Like y'all are some fucking hoes. And he was like, it's not even like that. I was like, the one is it like? Because from my perspective, y'all said it's too hard for me to go to my grandma's funeral. Something that I can't I can't ever get that memory back. Yeah, you can't control that. Yeah. Get married five, six, seven times. Yeah. <laughs> like you feel me? Like I'm not saying that that's what I want to happen, but it's like how I was yeah. everything. No, I get it. Yeah. Different situations, and so. Huh. right and then a lot of people because well, my grandma died, I, I missed some of the workouts i was like if y'all aren't gonna let me go back all right cool i'm gonna work out by myself i'm not gonna go so if i didn't want to fuck with the team at all right um everyone knew but no one kind of reached out to me um so i was just like this isn't like a brotherhood like you feel me um i i, I honestly felt like i was getting used for my athletic ability and what i could do on scout team rather than who i was as a person um, I do have like some lifelong brothers that I met on the team that did keep in touch with me. Did, I did talk to during that time period. But other than that, I was like really like, I went back to being a, a complete asshole to everybody. Right. Um, so yeah. I just fuck y'all. Like, you feel me? It's, it's, it's my brothers. And if you're not, not considered one of my brothers, I don't fuck with you. Um, Fair enough. So then you quit the team. Quit the team. Um, so when I quit the team, I actually stopped going to class. I'd only show up to take tests. Right. Um, and so I was in pretty easy classes um, that year. And then the next spring, 2020 hits. Right. 
then March, Corona hits, mm-hmm. right? When corona hits, everything gets moved online, right? And I start from losing people for homework, right? Like, hey, you do the first 10, I do the back 10, right? And so I'll make that arrangement with like three to four people in like three to four different classes. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so I'm just trading. I'm just, I'm just a middleman, right? I get all the homework, but I go turn it in before everyone else. So I can't get hit with plagiarism. You feel me? I'm the first motherfucker to get the work done. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm sending my, I'm sending my answers back and forth, right? And so I ended up, that's like my best semester. I ended up getting like a three, five that semester. <laughs> and so Love it. I'm like, man, fuck. In the summer, I'm like, man, fuck. Um, I really don't like school. And now it's going to be online, like my last semester. Do I really want to go pay like $65,000 to take Khan Academy classes? And I was like, nah, not really. So I drop out. Um, I don't tell my parents I drop out for like two weeks, right? And then I call them. And I was like, hey, what do you think about me dropping out? And they fucking ripped me a new one. It's like, no, you're not doing that. And I was like, it's a little bit too late for me not to drop out. Um, <laughs> this is what's going to go on. And so it was like, you're an idiot, but whatever as long as you make money to pay rent we don't really care so at that time I was probably on Fiverr not making that much money just enough to cover my bar tabs and so rent comes around and I'm like holy shit this is what the real world is like (laughs) I paid my rent in college because it was like you focus on school yeah I was like holy shit like because at the time like a thousand dollars right it's in in the grand scheme of things it's not that much money but you know, when you freshly dropped out, living the degenerate lifestyle that I was living, it's like holy shit, a thousand dollars is a fucking shit ton. Um, so I ended up moving back in with my parents and starting my uh, SEO agency that I that I do now. Yeah. Um, and so I was just like, all right, cool. There's nothing in the world that's going to be compared to being a four string receiver and knowing that I am better than like I feel like I'm better than everybody, right? And so the lesson that I took from all my college experience was that hey. I'm going to make sure that I am the best service provider when it comes to SEO. I have great customer experience, right? Because now I can actively control my scoreboard, which is just how much money that I bring in every single month, right? And so I took the same lessons that I had in football and just translated it into business. Um, and that, I think that's what I could credit most of my success to, right? Because I had such negative reasons to go make money. Yeah. Like, I was making my mindset to making money for like the longest time was that fuck everyone who did me wrong right now i'm gonna go do make so much money right at the dropout that it pisses you off right and i successfully did that um and so then i was just like all right cool like these people don't fucking matter right i'm making more i'm making like their yearly salary like every like four to six months now so it's like I this shouldn't be my motivation anymore and so I kind of yeah. switched the motivation to like okay cool how much money can I can I make from this right and so now it's just kind of like a video game right sometimes I'll put the sliders on super hard difficulty right where I say okay cool I'm only getting sending meetings off of code calling which is hard as shit with SEO yeah right or it'd be like okay I'm only sending meetings from even coded code email outreach and so I gamified to me I've gamified the way to make money um, and it's all credited to just being an athlete growing up and all the lessons that I learned. Um, so that's, that's pretty much like my story, my background. Nice. I think uh, people like athletes right now don't realize the lessons they're learning right now can be used later on. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that when I was an athlete, even like until my senior year, I was like, wow, I've learned so many lessons. Like I can apply them now. And I think I feel like, athletes who are freshmen and sophomores need to understand that to gain more less, like more experience because it's going to help them out in the future. 
Yeah. But you also have to think about this too, right? Once you leave your parents' house at 18 to go off to college, it's the first time where you can independently be your own person. No matter how loose your parents were, what they let you do in high school, right? You're 18. Now you have real consequences. If you fuck up as an 18-year-old, it's a lot different than fucking up at 16, 17, right? Because now yeah. you can the police can go put your ass in jail, right? And you'll just sit there until you figure out how to get bail money, right? Mm-hmm. So I also think for like the first two years of college, it's like a play. It's like it's like a uh, it's where you really figure out who you are as a man, as a person. If you're a woman listening to this, who you are as, as a woman, right? Because you have two years of no one tells you what to do, right? Whatever you put out in the world is because you wanted to do it. You didn't have your parents telling you, like, you should do this, you should do that. You don't have anyone else telling you. So, like, freshmen and sophomores, right, just because just for me, I was super immature, right? And so I didn't learn to be immature until, like, after my sophomore year when people start getting internships, right, when you're applying to all these internships and you're not really getting shit because of the decisions that you made over the past two years. So it's, like, two sides of that equation. And I, 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 I could say that I said – I've seen both sides of it, right? I've seen the people who've came in super like mature, super on their shit, and they burn out by the time that they graduate, mm-hmm. right? I've also seen the people who kind of fuck around for the first two years that become super mature, super on their shit. So it's kind of like, I feel like you should just figure out who you are as a person and what you want to do because the things that you do learn, right? That's what that's what that's what's going to dictate your future, right? The things that you that we did three, four years ago is why we're in the positions that we are now. It's not the things that we did this year or this month, right? It's the things that we did in the past, the habits that we built in the past that kind of dictate the next two, three, four years from now. Yeah, I mean, right now, all the freshmen are moving in to campus. School starts on Monday. And I can just see all these freshmen, there was a house party down the road. And I'm like, wow, like all these kids are just going to come and drink for the first two years. And I mean, I did that too. Mike did that too. We all did that. And now I see them and look back and be like, I wish I'd, didn't do that but i did learn a, a lot of lessons which mm. imagine if they took those two years like freshman and sophomore and actually did something to gain experience in what they wanted to do they'll be two years ahead of everyone else yeah also um me mike had talked about this right it's more so the journey right yeah than that, anything else because we all know that after college the, the destination that we want to be at we want to be college graduates right but the journey to being a college jack graduate is different for everybody, mm-hmm. right? So some of these people, right? Because think about it, bro. Like, for me, I had super strict parents growing up, but I still was able to do whatever the fuck I wanted. So I went to college. I was like, I'm drinking as much alcohol as humanly possible every time that I could, I could do it, right? Yeah. So, boom, that's what I did. Then I had my roommate, right? Didn't drink alcohol. Had a 4.0, right? And so yeah. it was like, oh, shit. Like, I have... A good example of what a college student that gets into grades looks like. I'm actively deciding not to do that until it was too late, right? Um, and so I do agree with you, right? You should go to college and be on your shit, but you also yeah. have to think, right? Um, you guys probably have like a liberal arts program, or you guys have a lot of majors that aren't going to make people a lot of money in the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. Everyone who graduates there is guaranteed at least eighty-five thousand dollars a year, right? right? So you can go do whatever the fuck you want as long as you graduate. And they say that you pass all your classes to a sufficient degree, you have $85,000 a year coming in. So a lot of people go there and they do all types of drugs. You feel me? They experiment with whatever because they know, okay, I just have to lock in for four or five semesters and I'm good. Yeah. Uh, but like freshmen, like I get it. You feel me? Like you just, you just have prom. 
You feel me? You just moved out from your new friends. You want to go meet people, right? In college, what's the best way to go meet people? You go get fucked up with them and y'all go get a crazy story, right? So, um, Doug, imagine this, right? Imagine if you spent those two, your first two years locked in, right? You probably wouldn't be on this podcast with Mike right now, right? You probably wouldn't have a lot of friends that are, you consider lifelong brothers, right? So it's like two sides to every coin because you don't make a different decision in your past and it takes you to the same position that you are right now. Right, your whole outlook on life is going to be completely different. Um, and what for me, I don't really regret regret shit. Right, I don't think people should have regret because it's something that they wanted to do. Right, at some point in their life, they wanted to go to a college party and get fucked up. Right, because they grew. I mean, I grew up watching Blue Mountain State. Right, yeah, so yeah, I, was exactly. to, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to replicate the Blue Mountain State experience. Right, <laughs> like I didn't go to the college to do this shit. Right, it's a like, boom. Let me let, let me let me lock in. Um, but if I did choose a different route, I did take my studies a lot seriously. I probably wouldn't have the same group of friends. I probably wouldn't be the same exact person that I am today. Right. So yeah, that's just how I see it. Yeah. And I've thought about it too. Cause I'm like, I think about some of the stuff I did and I'm like, well, like, do I, if you could like, you know, redo it or do it over again. And it's like, sure. Like, of course you'd want to say like, yeah, okay. Like I would rather wish, you know, if I, like, if in your example, like if you had like not gotten in trouble or not done like certain things that you did and put your head down, you would have probably played like on the football team. Right. But like you said, like none of that, like would have actually gotten you any of the unique experiences and like learning things that have made you, you. And I've thought about it too. And I'm like, yeah, like maybe I wish I practiced a little harder. Maybe I wish I did this or I didn't get injured or whatever, but it's like the best thing you can do, I think is just, you know, accrue like those learning experiences. So the only way you can really mess up, I think, is by just sitting on the sidelines and like not doing anything. Like as long as you are not sitting in your dorm, just like not doing anything, I feel like that's the only thing that's really like the bad thing. Otherwise, everything else will, you know, take you down a down a path. Yeah. Cause also think about this, right? It's either you go party your first two years in undergrad or you go part of your first two years in the real world yeah like, right like, what's worse yeah right probably yeah mm-hmm. no for sure because now you have money yeah. right you have a consistent paycheck every two weeks for x amount x amount of thousands of dollars that you probably have never seen before in your life so you have access to things that you've never had before access to unlimited alcohol access to unlimited women access to a, a copious amounts of drugs Right. So <laughs> you, you, you didn't get to experience that because bro, when you go to college, bro, you dibble and dabble. Well, at least I dibbled and dabbled in sure. a select few of extracurriculars. Right. Um, and so now I know that, OK, cool. I can't do that because I can think of the experience that I had when I was 20 years old, when I just had a terrible reaction to that um, extracurricular activity. Yeah. Right? Or I know because I smoke a lot of weed, right? And I came to that determination that I can smoke weed and still get work done in college because that's what I did, right? After football practice, I'm getting high as shit for like the next three hours and then I'm going to do all my homework done, right? And I'm going right back at it. Um, and so for some people, they can't do that. Um, and so I, I'm thankful that I learned that lesson in college and not in the real world where everything's based on performance, right? And so maybe if you don't get that college experience your first two years, you go into the real world and you drink every day, drink every weekend, do do all types of drugs, experience all types of women, and now your performance at work slacks off. Now you're on the chopping block. Yeah. You feel 
how you can get fired now that consistent income is gone. Um, so that's just kind of how I see it. Yeah. Um, and like you said, you can kind of like fuck up as much as you want when you're 15. Yeah. Like there's no like, but when you're like over 18 or 20, then it's like, you're going to, you know, you're in, you have real life consequences. Right. Cause if you, cause when you're 15, right. And you get stopped by the police or if a police raise a party. Yeah. Sit on the floor, call your parents. Yeah. 21 and you interact with the police it's no longer sit on the floor and call your parents it's come sit in this jail cell call one person to come get you out and that one yeah. person might not be your parents right you feel me? so like it's the same consequence it's just different stakes you feel me and so right. sometimes stakes aren't worth it um, yeah. i don't know if you gamble but that's how i kind of see life everything's kind of a risk and i have to be comfortable with the reward i also have to be comfortable with the risk and so sometimes the risk isn't enough for me to to warrant me doing certain things if that makes sense right yeah it's a good way of looking at it i never thought about it in that way in any action i take i don't look i never thought about that but it makes sense yeah because it's it's always an upside and a downside to doing things right and i i did a podcast with a guy named david mendez on twitter and he really like broke it down for me right he was like every decision that i make i look at the upside and i look at the downside the downside, there's a very finite decision, right, that could affect my life for the rest of my like affect me for the rest of my life, right? But the upside usually is unlimited, right? And so sometimes you can go do things and there's so much downside and not enough upside where it doesn't make sense for you to go do it. You feel yeah. me? And so I'm, like I've, I've always like thought like that subconsciously, but like now it's kind of like, oh shit, like now I see I already had that like mechanism built in place for me. Yeah. No, I mean, it's just like on the golf course, right? We like a big thing is risk versus reward and it applies in real life, but just for us, like mm-hmm. in competitive golf and college golf, it's like, you know, if, for example, if you're trying to reach a par five and two and there's, you know, out of bounds, right. There's water in front and you have, you know, a shot that you can maybe pull it. You have, you know, 270 yards, you have a three wood, you can pull it off maybe like two out of 10 times. And it's like, yeah, two out of 10 times, you're going to hit that shot and you're going to have a look at Eagle or at three. Right. But most of the time, the, the reward is not, is not there. Like the risk heavily outweighs the reward. So, but yeah, that's just to give like a golf metaphor, but yeah, I mean, that, uh, that makes total sense. And, and yeah, like when we, I saw, you know, I saw a bunch of these kids and I was like, damn, like, I feel really old. First off, like, I feel really old, <laughs> like really old. And I was like, damn, that's crazy. But secondly, it's like, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't tell you to like, you know, go, you know, like you said, just go to the library, get 4.0, like do all this stuff. And obviously, like you said, you don't want to get like caught up in the, you know, partying, drinking drug like thing. Cause I've seen that happen to people that they get into it and they, you know, they get down, a, you know, they, they go too far. You know what I mean? But I think it's, it's important. Like you said, you had that self-awareness to like, know, like, all right, this is too far. This isn't too far kind of thing. And, and you craft out your own unique experiences and, you know, become like your own, your own person, carve your own path. So, yeah. Yeah. Cause like for me, I'm very in control of all my vices, right? Yeah. I know I like to do certain things that are conducive to a, that you can, you can barely get addicted to. Like I love experiencing women, right? I love like drinking, I love, well, I don't love drinking. I enjoy drinking, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, Take me into Alcoholics Anonymous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, I enjoy like being outside, drinking, socializing. Sure. Um, 
experiencing new people, new women, whatever, whatever, right? But I know that it's a, it's on the pendulum, right? Sometimes I swing this pendulum so far to the extreme where this is all I'm doing that I'm not focusing on the main thing, which is my business. Yeah. But sometimes I swing that pendulum so far to the left where all I'm focusing on my business, right? And then my social um, experience isn't there, right? So I try to be as centered as possible, but there's always variance, right? Because, yeah. you know, the, the summertime, I, I swung a little bit to the, to, to the party scene, a, a little bit much, but I also moved to a new city. I also wanted to meet as many people as possible. But come wintertime, right, I'm swinging that pendulum back to, okay, it's grind mode, right? I have to go, you know, up the scoreboard some more. You feel yeah, me? Right. I think that people should learn how to control their vices, but some people have addictive personalities. And if yeah. you have an addictive personality, you should try your hardest not to put yourself in situations where your addictive personality can take control. Yeah. And it makes me think too, like you said, you know, experiment, like you obviously experienced and you figured out like what your vices were. Right. So then you could then like tame them. But I think that's better for sure than someone that like has no vices. And then, like you said, all of a sudden they're 23 or 24 and now they're trying like these different things and now they have no idea how to control it. And they just like, they have no clue because they didn't experiment at all when they're younger. Like for me, a perfect example of this, right? I'll, I'll send you some videos of me and me in college when I would get drunk, right? I would get belligerently drunk. Like I'm talking about, I'll drink the entire bottle of Hennessy, right? That was my drink of choice by mm-hmm. myself, like the like the like the three five, right? The, like the, uh, yeah, by myself, right? Fucked up every single weekend, killer hangovers, all of that. Now at 23 years old. I understand how much exactly how much I could drink, exactly when I should stop drinking, so I don't end up in the same spot that I was my freshman year, senior and, and the senior year of high school, right? Yeah. So that's something that I think people should experience, right? Because if you don't know when to stop in anything in life, you're gonna get fucked over. Like you feel me? Because even if you like, you can translate the same thing with working, right? I know exactly how hard that I can work and exactly what it's gonna translate to. But that sometimes that work, 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 work mindset, it has diminishing returns, yeah. right? Yes, you're going to make more money. Yes, like your bank account's going to be fat. Yes, you can make better investments. But at some point, it's going to be like, okay, this, um, this extra $10,000 doesn't affect me, right, as much anymore, right? Because now it's just like numbers on a screen. Yeah. I think everyone should just, you know, just try to find a happy balance in everything that you do in life. Yeah, right. Yeah, and even, even like the partying has the diminishing returns too at some point. Right. Because, bro, especially when you get older. Right. Because when you get older, right, you're, you're going to end up going to the same clubs, the same bars with the same group of people. So you're going to meet every girl in that friend group. Right. You're going to end up talking to some of them. Right. Then it's going to be like, oh, fuck. do I really want to go out with these guys? Not really. Right. This dimension returns because it's not the same experience as when you first got introduced to the friend group. Right. Um, and so, yeah, that's another thing I don't think people realize is that everything you do in life is going to come. You're going to reach a point where it's diminishing returns, right? And you have to figure out like the last 20%, right? Is it worth trying to get this to all the way to hundred or is it worth just, you know, dialing things back and putting this extra energy in, in a different, in a different avenues? Exactly. That's phenomenal. That's exactly, yeah. that's exactly what I did in college. Me and our, my, my Swedish teammate, he did the same thing. We figured out you could study for like, you know, maybe a week. It'd take you 10 hours a week to study, right? To get a, to get an A, right? But what if you could study like certain things for 45 minutes a week and get an 85, yeah. right? Or get like a B plus or 86, right? So it's like, 
hmm, is nine and a half hours worth an extra like 10 points? Yeah. It's like, hmm, like, no, you're not really like that 45 minutes to get a B plus is like, that's maximizing everything. Right. And you can take that and put it in other stuff like golf or party or socializing or just entrepreneurship. And so like, yeah, because like for me, like the entrepreneurship journey has taught me a lot of things in life. Right. It's taught me hard work. It's taught me how to tame in my vices. I've become I've become I've always been a social person. I've become better at socializing. Um, I've become a better communicator. And it's kind of honed me in as a better person holistically. Right. Because I'm always comparing my current self to my past self. And they're, they're, they're only I'm only in competition with my past. You feel me? And so me yeah. being in competition with my past, I realized that I wasn't the best person in so many different areas of my life. And now as an entrepreneur, right, you have to be holistically good, right? You know how they have like the chaotic evil, like mm-hmm. evil, like all, all of that stuff. And so you want to be holistically like neutral. You feel me? You want to be able to, if you have a client, right, and you go out with that client and they're a complete degenerate, you want to be able to meet them there. But if you go out with a client and they're the utmost business person, you want to be able to meet them there, right? And yeah. if you have a client that's in the middle of everything, you want to be able to meet them there, right? That way you can tap in with a lot different audience, like a lot, a lot bigger target audience. Um, like for me, I've gone out and club with some of my clients, right? And they're like 30 years old, right? I'll go out and club with them. I've also sat down with some of my 60-year-old clients and had two-hour long business discussions, Right. I've also sat down with some 23-year-olds who were like, okay, I get the partying scene. I get the business scene. I'm somewhere in the middle. We can ch- chop it up. Um, for me, it's just like, you have to be like an agile person because that's how you're going to experience the most amount of growth. And that's how you're going to know who do you want to really work with? Who do you really want to surround yourself with? Right? Because you are like, you, you are who you surround yourself with, but at the same time, you're not because you're your own person. And so you like, we're all like caterpillars, right? And then or that, that caterp- no, caterpillars don't turn into butterflies. The cocoon, they, we're all like cocoons. We get, we, we have the ability to become butterflies, right? right. Yeah, we're all beautiful person with our own unique things that make us unique. Um, but it takes time to get there, right? And I'm not even saying that I'm there myself. I still have some traits that I want to work on that's going to take me to the next level, right? Mm-hmm. But I understand that it's a journey. If I could just snap my finger and everything, all my vices are gone, I would do that. Right, but I, I understand that my vices are—they make me who I am today. Mm-hmm, yeah. So. so maybe it's also like who you become in the process of getting rid of your vices as well. Because like I know by the time that I have a wife and kid, that I won't be the same person. I probably won't party as much. I probably won't drink as much. Definitely won't experience women as much. <laughs> hope, ho- hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like a certain a certain character traits that i know that i have to change in order to become the person i want to become yeah. but it's also like is it worth it becoming that person right now because i don't want to get married or have kids anytime soon in like the next five six years sure. right so it's like i have five to six years to become the person that i truly want to become right so why would rush the process right why not just enjoy it and cherish the goods and the bad exactly some those are some wise words Al. Mm-hmm. i'm a wise person right <laughs> And you can only because of your experiences. Right. Because, um, like, I don't know. Because people always ask me, right, a big, big question that I ask, that I get asked is, like, what should I do, right? If you, what would you do if you were in my position? And I was like, what, what, what are your biggest vices? Right. And they say, oh, I, I drink a lot. 
I'm gonna be like, all right, drink to the point where you don't want to drink anymore, right? <laughs> yeah. Because like, bro, if you, if you drink to the point where you don't want to drink anymore, because apparently, obviously, you haven't learned the lesson that alcohol isn't that fun. It doesn't right. taste good. If you drink enough, you don't remember shit. <laughs> like, like you feel me? So you drink to the point where you don't want to drink anymore, and then boom, start working on your business or start doing whatever you want to do. Yeah. Or you could keep drinking and you could keep trying to like start what you want to get, and you're gonna realize that hey. I like to get fucked up too much and I don't, I can't focus on my business. Let me stop drinking. Right. So eventually the lesson that you're going to learn is that to stop drinking as much as you do drink, you can still go out and get drinks, but you have to be able to control yourself. Right. Um, so you might as well figure it out as quick as possible. Right. And so, yeah. That's my, my thing. Right. Cause there's some lessons in our lives, right. That we've heard from our parents probably told us not to do something. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm going to go do it. Right. And then go do it. And you're like, I see why, I see why um, they told us not to go do it. And like, my dad would always tell me nothing good happens after midnight. Right. And I was my, like, my dad, my dad says the same shit. Do you know he says that? No. No, yeah. My dad used to say the same shit. Yeah. He's like, nothing ever good happens after midnight all the time. Yeah. Right. And so I was like, whatever. <laughs> then I started being outside after midnight and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> you fucking right. Yeah. Um, do I go? Do I go back home every day before midnight? Absolutely not. But now I know how to move, right? To not put myself in certain situations after midnight, right. um, because you know after midnight, if you're outside, everyone's hammered, right? Tensions are flaring, you know. Altercations happen, and now that we're adults, right? These altercations aren't the same as when we were kids, right? We used to get in a fight. You know, might get a black eye. Now your life is on the line. Yeah. Right. So it's like now you have to maneuver the world a certain place, like in a certain manner. Um, and something that I like to carry myself by is that I'm 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 always everywhere attentive. You feel me? Um, you feel me? Just yeah. because you never know what could happen, right? And so sometimes I go to the bar, right? And I do it. Motherfuckers will come up to me. Are you security? No, I'm not security. I I need to make sure that I can identify <laughs> all the fucking hotheads before I perfectly make myself comfortable, right? right? Yeah. I'm not nowhere attentive, but I'm nowhere comfortable. Like, you feel me? Because once you get comfortable, right, you get fucked up and you get to the point where you black out, you don't have no control of what's going on anymore, right? All, all you have is just whatever whatever principles that you had whenever you were sober, right? So if you know when you're sober that, okay, this is the exit, that guy looks like a hothead, that guy looks like a hothead, that guy looks like a hothead. Let me stay as far as where you, as where from, people that i've identified as possible threats yeah so boom that's how i just like to move yeah no you gotta i feel like a lot of people are not anywhere near as aware of their surrounding as they need to be let mm-hmm. alone like when alcohol is involved just in general i mean the other day i was like walking to the gym and i kind of one guy who came from you know it was kind of an open field and i came from you know one side and he was walking straight at it i was walking uh parallel with it and he's walking you know perpendicular with it and I kind of just, we got, we got there kind of at the same time, but I was like a step or two behind him. And I swear this guy had like headphones in. He didn't even know I was there. Like he had no clue. He opened the door, slammed it right in my face. Like didn't mean to, but he yeah. had no idea I was there. I was like, I could have like, I could have just, I don't know say this, but I could have robbed him. Like I could have like pulled his pants down. I could have stole his lunch. Like I, I literally could have done anything I wanted to the guy and he would have had no idea. And I'm like, how are you this unaware there's of like, so what many, is going on? There's so many people walking around campus with their heads down on their phones and they don't know their surrounding as well. In the rec center, everyone's 
down at the phone and <laughs> no one has like social awareness of who's around or like it, like there's there was one time I was using a workout machine and then some guy comes and takes it. I'm like, oh, I was here. But I didn't, didn't know. He had his AirPods in and on his phone and wasn't aware. No, yeah. Because like even for me, right, whenever I walk around with my AirPods in, right, I'll, it's something that I've, I've gotten used to. I'll have the music blasting to where I can't hear people if they talk try to talk to me directly. But I could still zone in and hear like the surroundings. So if I'm on a walk, right, I can hear a car coming behind me that's about to whiz past me. Yeah. I, always check, I always check behind me and say, okay, cool. Is it a liability of me getting hit? Um, and I always like kind of like scan everywhere, like every like five five minutes if I'm on like a long walk or a long run, just because your, your situation changes every minute, right? And so sometimes you're in a place where you need to be aware, but we're so used to being in a quote unquote safe environment that we never expect the worst that's going to happen, right? I always expect the worst, but I pray for the best. Um, yeah. you know, because you never know when, what, what, what could happen to you. Right. You never know. So, yeah. Yeah. And well, we, uh, we appreciate all yeah, the wise thanks, words Ella. today. Ella. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it. I appreciate yeah. you guys having me on. Um, it was a cool conversation. Um, this is like my second podcast that I've ever done. Um, I want to like, do a lot more. Yeah, you did. You did great. I think you hit great points a lot of great lessons a lot of great insight that yeah, 100%. i think people will ex- extract and hopefully apply yeah right um yeah let, let's talk a little bit after the uh when we're done recording I'll, I'll sure. do some things as well yeah yeah and uh yeah if you're listening your company needs seo hit up a boy allo allo mm-hmm. is there anywhere you like the people to find you at yeah follow me on <laughs> on twitter at she love allo um c l u v yeah, okay. she loves, I love, love um, it. Yeah, I'll tell you the story behind that username as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone.